Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO20. Saves you 20% off every single one of your purchases. And that code is good year-round. We don't yet have a discount code for Phoenix Handlebars, but we want you to know that they have an amazing selection of handlebars, both 7 eighths and 1 and 1 eighth handlebars. The crossbar or no crossbar, fantastic stuff. They look styling and uh, they're all about getting you back out on this on the on the track with some fresh grips, bars, and uh, getting that throttle therapy in. Uh, also want to give uh, a shout out to our friends over at Maxima USA. Uh, nice enough to help us out over the years and uh, we're working on possibly doing some giveaways in 2021. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, this being episode 785. Uh, as we move closer to episode 800, with us on the line, he's been on the podcast a number of times. Uh, unfortunately, due to popular demand, I get so many emails throughout the day. No, I don't. Uh, of people wanting to hear from this guy. they No, they don't. And, and, and just needing him on the show more often. Uh, he is a sole proprietor of the collective experience, the big boss with the hot sauce, and clearly a better broadcaster than me. Dave Drakes, how's it going? <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, that's I, I, I don't know how you do it, but every single time we hop on this, the intros get better and better, funnier and funnier. So I just want to commend you on keeping this thing entertaining for however hundreds of pods that you and I have been together. <laughs> I'm gonna have Still to fun. go through the the archives to see just how many of these stupid things you've been on. Um, we've done fifty. It's almost damn fifty two weeks of of 2020. The the 75 weeks of 70 uh, of uh, 2022 or 2020. Wow. Um, like, I think you've been on the podcast that many times, um, which is fun for me. Uh, probably annoying for you, mainly because of the verbal assault. But um, yeah, we, we, we mix it up. We have some fun with this. And uh, all in the name of uh, giving some exposure to uh, that collective experience that you've got going on, man. Uh, love what you do with that thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, every time we do this, you know we have a freaking blast, dude. Like, it's, it, it's, it's such a fun thing you have going on. And to be able to, to talk about the program and, and, you know, shed what we do uh, to a few more people, it's, it's awesome. So it's almost like I get a chance to talk about a program that, I'm, that I've got going on, plus I get to venture with a buddy, and we get to talk our BS about, you know, all the, all the ladies gossip and news. It's, it's a win-win for everybody, dude. It's just a, it's a good time all around. So, uh I, I'm very much a supporter of this of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, you are as well as the uh, the collective experience as a supporter of the podcast. Like for those who don't know, Dave and I have actually never ridden together uh, at any moment. We've never even been on two wheels in the same place at the same time. So we've never had the opportunity to a test our metal and see who's fastest. I think it's me, um, or uh, <laughs> be on the tailgate. We, we after- tried. We tried. We did. We did. Um, yeah, but be on the tailgate after a long day of riding yeah. to like shoot the shit with each other and, and, and give each other uh, a ration of crap and kind of gossip about all this stuff in the in the, the racing world. Um, so this is basically this is the what what uh, replaces those uh, those talks on the tailgates is, is these podcasts where uh, basically I ask you a question, you you give me your opinion, and then I tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly how it goes. But yeah, isn't that crazy? In all these years, we haven't had a chance to like be on the same track, man. Like no. we tried 
I want to say a dozen times, be like, hey, I'll be in Minnesota. It's yeah. the same drive for both of us. Like, let's Zoom. And, like, something happens to where yeah. we both get messed up or you're in Cali and I have to go off for a work trip that week or whatever it is. So um, it doesn't look like 2021 will be that much more nicer to us because of the whole, you know, COVID and border shutdown deal. But it, it's, it's going to happen. And when it does happen – we have to make a humongous production of it. We have to get like a film guy yeah. and oh, all this sure. content because it's just, it's been culminating this, to this moment. You know what I mean? Wes Williams uh, will stop everything that he's doing with Verb and Rockstar, <laughs> uh, oh, Rockstar, Red Bull to, um, to, to film that momentous event when uh, I line you up in the first corner and put you in the cheap seats. Um, just straight up Ross rollerball Peterson style, like just tib fib. See you later. Um, poor Dave Drake's just fall, flying through the air, but uh, um, we haven't got there yet, so um, it's fun it'll and games fun, until then. It'll, it'll at least be fun, hell yeah, absolutely. It will now. Um, uh, been a little bit a little minute since we had you on the podcast, like I said, episode 780. Five of the Big MX Radio podcast. I'm shooting to possibly be at um, at a, a total of 800 podcasts going into the new year, if not right at New Year's, which would be really, really cool. Uh, definitely got to uh, get a, get the the boots to the ground if that's going to happen. Uh, 15 podcasts to go, and there's uh, just over 20 days left in the. Uh, lift in the year. So, uh, I got to get my homework done, but let's get, let's get straight into this one. Um, and start things off, continuing talking about the collective experience, everything you got going on with that, with the ATC Flipside racing team, none other than Jeff Crutcher, uh, is the mastermind there. And he's also one of the, uh, the top riders. In fact, there's only two riders. So he's at least the second to top rider, um, on the team. And, uh, you've been working with him for the collective experience. That's been a huge highlight for you for 2020. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's been it's been an absolute blast. So for those who don't know, Jeff Crutcher is an absolute gem of a human being. The dude is super talented in terms of you know uh, marketing for himself and for his sponsors. He's you know super ambitious with merchandise. He's got his own he has his own merch sales, his own coffee brand, and he's probably one of the most connected dudes in the sport in terms of all the people he knows. I mean, like some of his t- closest buddies are factory level mechanics. So. Um, it was almost a no-brainer when he, when he came to us and said, hey, I want to have the collective experience come on board for the ATC Flipside Race Team for Hoosier Arena Cross and be able to bring people behind the scenes. Um, it's, it worked out to be absolutely a, a perfect matchup because Jeff is such a professional dude that he knows how to have fun. So everyone that goes into the program, that gets accepted, um, you know, he really takes them under his wing to show them the ins and outs of what it takes to be a professional at this level, what it takes to take care of the bikes, what it takes to have, you know, social media skills to be, um, you know, a team manager savvy, to be good with your admin work and just um, get writer support, uh, sponsor support, all the stuff that makes you a re- well-rounded industry person that's going to be successful and effective. Um, he, he has all of that, but he presents it in such a fun and exciting way that you almost don't even realize you're learning and getting these skills. You're just having a kick-ass time going behind the scenes at a race, getting the most amazing access you could think of, plus your front row and center for some of the best racing. I mean, you and I talked about it, uh, Brad. Like, arena cross is some of the coolest, most tightest, most aggressive riding that you're ever going to see. Oh, yeah. And you've got a bunch of fast pros. You know what I mean? Like, And plus, these guys are fast. The ATC guys, Crutcher and Yates, they are so fast. So 
um, you're, it's, it's that much better. And we've, we've actually made the program into a two day. So before when you were paying your, the, the admission fee to get into the program, you were getting, you know, uh, maybe Saturday morning from like eight to, um, you know, like eight to 12, you're with this team and then you're doing track walking, blah, blah, blah. And then it, the day ends at like six. Well, for, with the arena cross side, you're going like Friday, you're going all day Saturday, you're getting breakfast and lunch with the crew, you're getting dinner with the crew. It's a it's a whole like almost weekend affair. You're getting more bang for your buck, and the connections you're making are just they're phenomenal. When when Jeff puts in a good word for you, boom, you're skyrocketing towards some of the most amazing opportunities you can think of. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been so much fun, and I'm just so I'm, I'm excited to promote it more, to get more fans on board, more interns involved, to get them propelled into the sport and kickstart their career, uh, and have some fun doing it, man. It's just it's it's a win-win all the way around, and it's been really exciting. That it is, and it's so nice and refreshing, especially in the sport of motocross, where uh, sometimes people can be a little bit. Uh, um, kind of they're they're not super forthcoming with just like kind of giving you the the recipe to the secret sauce um but uh jeff makes no bones about us first of all he's got his own damn sauce that he works with but uh he gives everybody the 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 full rundown he's he's willing to bring people in and uh i think he that shows a lot of confidence in the way that he does things that obviously uh it's a, it's a special way that he works and, and is able to uh, communicate with people but he's also able to uh get that across to others and and help them uh find their own place within the industry and uh, that's a, a breath of fresh air especially with the like just uh, some of the landscape that you come across uh, throughout the years within the industry. Not to say everybody's to- totally like uh, d- like doesn't want to uh, help you along the way, but uh, um, I think that that's one of the things that Crutcher does better than anybody. Oh, I, I, I agree, man. He he's, he he does it. He does things so so well, and 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 like I said before, I mean he he's super involved with the, the industry, super involved with making sure that he presents himself well to the sponsors, to the fans. Uh, to fellow racers, but he does it all with such a cool attitude. He's, he's fun. He's laid back. But he's also a professional man. I mean, he's he's a gem of a human being, like I said before. And um, I'm I'm really happy that we get a chance to get the our interns involved with somebody like that that can really springboard them to the top. Absolutely. And now um, we we did have a chance to catch up with uh, a huge fan of the collective experience and somebody who uh, was twisting the wrenches for uh, what I understand was a basically a full motor swap uh, at some point during this uh, this last weekend. Aaron Call, he's been uh, he's taken in the, the he's participated in the collective experience at Supercross Outdoors and now at Arena Cross. Uh, before we throw it to this interview that I did quickly with Aaron, uh, what do you have to say about the kid? The guy has so much passion about the sport and uh, really cool to see him support everything you got going on. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, the, the program was built for people like Aaron who just really want to be immersed in, in, in the culture and in the sport of, of motocross and supercross. I mean, he, we met him a couple years ago at a Phoenix round, and he was blown away by how much he, he was able to do. And I think a lot of people at that point thought that, you know, we were kind of more like a neat and greet. You come and shake the guy's hand, you get a picture, you get a sticker, a swag bag. But, I mean, once we told him, hey, here's a mechanic pass, we're going on track walk, would you mind, you know, helping us with this or moving this or, Hey, you know, Aaron Plessinger needs help with this. Would you mind helping him out? You know, just like all these, all these, uh, these things that he was doing, he was just blown away by. And at the end of the day, man, he was just like, dude, I'm, I'm locked in for life. And like, that's, that's the cool part. I want people to be extremely passionate with, you know, all the, all the things that, 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 uh, that they have going on with motocross and supercross. So, um, he decided to come back for outdoors. He got a chance to meet Crutcher in outdoors and, 
um, you know, one cool thing about the program is that you, when you make these connections, they're, they're lasting connections. So when you get, you know, numbers like Crutchers or, you know, a Brad Gebhardt or somebody like that in the sport, I mean, these people become like your, your friends, your, your colleagues, if you're hired on in the industry. So it, it, it lasts a, a while. I mean, these, the, the day just isn't the day at the races. It goes so much further beyond that. Um, yeah. And Aaron took full advantage of that one, gave me a ring and said, Hey man, I want to, I want to sign up for the uh, arena cross program. Sent the Forbes in and boom, he was there and uh, he had a blast. He had an absolute blast. Oh, dude, and he's just so uh, so enthusiastic about the sport. It's really, really cool to hear uh, guys like that talk about the sport and just, like, um, it, it reminds you about just why you stay up late at night watching those old Supercrosses and, and how you fell in love with it in the first place. So, uh, without further ado, uh, how about we throw it over to Aaron's interview right here, right here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Aaron Call here on Big MX Radio. And now joining us on the line is none other than Aaron Cull, who actually took part in the Collective Experience internship in, internship program with the with the Collective Experience and uh, of course um, ATC Flipside uh, racing this last weekend in uh, Arena Cross. Aaron, how's it going? Yeah, good. Man. How are you? Hey, dude, it, the pleasure's all on my side. Uh, Great to talk to you. Uh, it's been a long time. We're seeing you pop up on uh, the Instagram lives and uh, in the in the comments on social media. Great to uh, show a little bit of uh, appreciation and shine a light on uh, a pretty uh, uh, involved member of the uh, the Big MX Radio slash Collective Experience uh, social media uh, community. Hey, thanks. Um, Awesome to uh, connect with you, my friend. I know that uh, this is something that you've been working towards for uh, quite some time now. Uh, the collective experience being something that you're uh, you're enthusiastic about and working within the industry. Uh, what made you decide to to hop a plane and spend the weekend uh, with the ATC Flipside uh, Racing Team in Arena Cross this past weekend? Uh, you know, I just wanted to try out Arena Cross. I've done the Supercross and the outdoors and I figured arena cost to be cool. Um, I met Crutcher in the outdoors, and he put together the team. So I texted him and said, "Hey, do you need some help?" And he's like, "Sure." So there it is. That's how it all started. It all comes together. You've experienced Supercross, Outdoor Nationals, and now Arena Cross. Um, to which I ask, uh, which do you prefer? Like uh, taking in the, the the collective experience and all three facets that they offer. Uh, how do they differ? And, and which one would you, uh, if you if you had to do another, do one of them again? Which one are you going back to? Oh, um, honestly, either outdoors or arena cross. Uh, arena cross is kind of fun. Uh, a lot more chill. Um, kind of just like a little local family environment but yeah you're still pretty involved okay uh, cool. out outdoors was really fun uh, i enjoyed outdoors a lot uh, were, you got to do quite a bit were you uh were you a full intern for the outdoors like did you actually do some uh, mechanicking and, and and if you did who did you work for oh yeah i well i was with the rouse brothers okay um and they just set me loose soon as i got there so it was super involved that's awesome, awesome man 
like uh, working in the trenches, being in uh, the pit lane area for practice, uh, like time qualifying, all that. So much fun. Um, working with uh, with Crutcher this last weekend, I assume he would have uh, absolutely put your feet to the fire as far as social media side and, and getting you oh, involved. Um, how much of an asset would you say is taking in a program like that and actually seeing exactly how it's done on race day? Uh, I honestly think it's, it's a good idea for someone that's either never been or just wants to get into the industry. Um, even if, like, for me, I don't really use it to become a mechanic. Uh, I'm already a mechanic with a successful shop. Right. I do it more to help. But, I mean, there's way more involved than just mechanic. And, like, if you want to... If you want to just be a social media guy, just going there to learn how he does it, you know, there's, Absolutely. there's a lot there's... more to the experience than just turning wrenches for free, basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah, or, or paying to do so. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, the the experience that you're going to gather in that one weekend is kind of second to none. It's a, a full crash course exactly. on basically everything and, that goes into and uh, all the people you meet. Yeah, and, and the yeah, the connections. Ridiculous. Yeah, you get tons of connections that you never really would get if you don't do the experience. I mean, you probably would. It just won't be as easy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I doubt you'd be able to get it done in that amount of time. Um, this this uh, this Hoosier Arena Cross uh, series that's rather new, I think it's their second year in operation, um, kind of kind of a cool uh, series that's going on. I, I was hoping that there'd be a little bit more uh, top-end talent come out to these things, but, of course, everybody's sort of right. sitting on their hands uh, pre uh, Supercross and, and uh, trying to figure things out, but uh, um, is, is that the kind of event that if it came to your neck of the woods, you're going to go see that event and uh, and take in more of them? Uh, I definitely would if it was closer. I mean, they got kickers coming. I think it's closer to us. Yeah. But I mean, the Hoosier was really good. They're they they're still working on some things, I'm sure. And but I mean, with the live TV and whatnot and they're going to get it figured out. It's pretty cool. There was a, actually more top-name guys than I thought there was going to be. So okay. that was way cool. Yeah, it's cool to see guys like Cheyenne Harmon. There's some main event guys yeah. that you see on a regular basis. Um, right. Evan Moran and yeah. Chase Marquette. Those guys were there. So That's super cool. That's pretty, that pretty awesome. Uh, in, in terms of uh, like kind of some swag that you might get from uh, from the collective over the years, like you've you've taken it in multiple times. Like, what are some of the things you were able to take away, uh, material wise, from uh, a couple of your uh, um, the, the opportunities you've worked with uh, with with Dave? Uh, as in, just like the swag bags he gives, or yeah, swag bags or jerseys, or uh, honestly, what what's your biggest takeaway uh. from those types of things? Honestly, like, I'm not one to ask for stuff, so <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I've, I got some just, like, signed plastics and shirts and stuff, but, I mean, I don't really go ask. It's not really in my nature. Like, I'm not a big autograph guy. Okay. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people could easily get a lot of cool stuff. I, I mean, at Washougal, I got Marvin Luskin's plate. That's pretty uh, cool. That, he, that got signed so that that was pretty cool but no doubt. i mean i don't really go ask so 
but I'm sure you could come away with a lot if you did ask. <laughs> Fair enough, my friend. Well, it sounds like you really enjoy the collective and, and taking part in that. And you yourself are uh, are a suspension tuner and, and a motor guy yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, and the work that you do. Maybe someone in your neck of the woods needs their bike rebuilt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I started doing custom suspension a couple of years ago. I've actually been a mechanic in the field at three different shops. I used to build custom Harleys. Um, I've been doing this for probably 12 years now. Um, I just started my own shop because, uh, the guy that was training me, basically, uh, he just up and left. So I figured all my buddies, they still wanted stuff. So they talked me into starting my own thing. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it goes good. I do mostly suspension, but I can do pretty much anything. And that's another reason I do the collective is because it helps me get out to keep my stuff fresh because I'm not always working on brand-new bikes all the time. But for the most part, at the races, they are brand-new bikes, so it keeps me fresh. There you go. Go from uh, working on uh, one of my uh, mid-2000s Kawasaki's to uh, a 2021 uh, KTM. That's those, those are two completely different schools right. of thought, but uh, it's good to be experienced <laughs> exactly. with both. Uh, Aaron Call here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Uh, this is the first time you've been on the podcast, uh, but we've seen you on social media a ton, and it's really cool to uh, to connect with you. Uh, if someone's out in your neck of the woods, uh, and you should probably uh, let us know where exactly that is, um, how do they get in touch with you and uh, and get their bike shaked down by by a guy who's uh, been in the trenches at uh, some of the coolest races around the around the USA? Um. I, I'm out in Utah. I'm kind of centralized right in the dead center, middle yeah. of nowhere, Utah. So I can get to anywhere. Um, my Instagram is 117suspension, um, and that's probably the best place to get to hold of me. I don't really have Facebook anymore. I got a little too much to handle. And then, I mean, if you wanted to, my email and stuff is all on that Instagram, and that's how you get a hold of me right now. Um, Hopefully the shop grows, keeps growing, it'll be good. There you go, my friend. Well, I really appreciate you making some time as uh, the kiddos are uh, currently getting uh, washed up before bed. <laughs> busy busy life over there for uh, the calls, I imagine. Uh, but I really yeah. appreciate you making some time for us to give uh, the, the listeners a bit of some insight, not just uh, from me saying the the, uh, the experience is awesome. Someone who's actually done it not once, not twice, but thrice now uh, going and uh, and taking in the experience. And I'm sure you'd probably sign up again given the opportunity. Oh, definitely. I, I I enjoy it. I mean, like I said, I don't. I use it for different reasons than to get a job in the industry because I already have a job in the industry. So. Fair enough. But it's definitely it's definitely worth every penny. I love it, my friend. Well, I really appreciate. And if you get a chance to oh. meet Dave, Dave, Dave's dope. Oh, he's an awesome guy. So. Dave is good people, my friend. No matter how right. much crap that I give Dave, I give him a good, <laughs> right. a good amount of crap, and and he deserves Definitely every little bit of it. But he is a damn good person. Um, if I have a flat so tire, far, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, so far everyone I've met that's been a part has been just awesome people. Crutcher and that whole ATC yes, team. It's a good time. Absolutely. I was just about to say, I think uh, if I was had a flat tire on the side of the freeway, I hope that uh, the next car I see is Dave Drake's on the side of the road because uh, whether or not he knows how to fix it, 
is kind of irrelevant. He'd still be there uh, with some sort of uh, um, some some sort of help in some sort of way. But uh, he's going to give it max effort. Absolutely. Sure. No, we love Dave. So, um, Aaron, this has been a pleasure of mine, and I really appreciate you making time for us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, that was really, really cool to hear from Aaron. The guy uh, clearly loves the sport. He loves getting involved and uh, getting his hands dirty. And uh, those are the types of experiences. Uh, and the the um, just the uh, memories that you're going to make through the collective, man. And uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, for putting that together year after year. It's uh, It's pretty amazing. No, man, I, it's it's super fun for me. And, and like you said before, just like being able to watch people like Aaron and some other guys just like totally in awe at their races, it, it rejuvenates your passion, right? Like it almost takes you back to being like that 12-year-old kid watching McGrath do a knack-knack over a triple or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's um it, it's refreshing. I know like people got like my, like you and myself like we're at the races quite a bit. Um you know we've got jobs in the industry where it's like hey I have to continue to I'm here for a reason right I have to put out content or I have to help this guy or that guy. So you almost don't get a chance to enjoy it all the time. So when you get a chance to run into people like Aaron or any one of our interns who have that burning passion inside, it almost reignites your passion. And you you go you feed off of that and you feed off of you and you have like a, a that much more fun of a day you know and. Um, that's what we want at the end of the day. It's just everybody, you know, that we can that we can grasp and, and, and put a reach out to to experience how great Supercross is, grow the sport, grow the number of people who are passionate about the sport um, inside of the industry working. That, that way we get better products, better programs, better racing, and uh, it, it elevates the sport. That's what we really want, we want to happen. Well, I love it, man. I hope that uh, people continue to take part in the the collective, and uh, I know you're, you're going to have some really interesting things uh, coming down the pipe in the new year. Now, uh, rather than this podcast being just an entire 35, 45-minute uh, ad for the collective experience, how about we uh, crack open some modal gossip and, and, uh, and do some shit-talking of our own? So... Um, let, let's start things off right off the hop with uh, probably the biggest news in the 450 class right now. Uh, Dylan Fernandez breaks his hand. It was a, a, a nasty get-off. He says he could be out uh, eight, six to eight weeks, uh, which would land him missing the, uh, the opening round in Houston. In fact, I think that me means he'll miss the first three rounds, uh, that whole Houston swing. Bummer, and uh, um, just like it's yeah. Every year we talk about how uh, how deep the 450 field is going to be, uh, and and then sure as shit, there's somebody that gets hurt, uh, and I wouldn't say ruins it, but definitely takes a little bit off the fastball, or le- le- at least leaves us wondering where that guy would have finished. Uh, what's your take on uh, Ferrandis going out? Kind of a bummer. Yeah, man, it it sucks, man. You know, especially since. You know, I'll go ahead and say it. It's no secret. I'm a huge Fernandez fan. To see him crash like that, it's like, man, that's like, that's the guy of like, you know, the, the of the year. He he's like the number one draft pick for so many 450 teams. And to see him go out like that, it's like, oh, dude, what a bummer. Um, the crash was gnarly. I mean, just obviously we've seen a lot worse than that, but um, kind of a bummer. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's just it's part of the sport, though. You have to expect that somebody's going to be hurt. You don't want it to happen, but um, it definitely does suck. You know, I, I think it's much better that it happened when it did, as opposed to like January 5th or something like that, where he would be absolutely screwed. Um, but I think, um, 
you know, it's being that he is a rookie too, that kind of helps him because the expectation right now, I don't think it's for him to win the championship, right? If he comes out and he's, uh, you know, pole position for uh, a number of races, P1 for qualifying, and, you know, he's top five here and there, gets a podium, maybe sneaks a win, that's a success for him. So I don't think he's expected to win a championship. So he does, if he does have to miss a few rounds, okay, it sucks, but it's rookie season. Um, I, I just hope that this doesn't like have any lingering effects. We've seen all too often where a guy will go down, break something, and it just nags him and nags him and nags him for season. So hopefully he gets it taken care of. Uh, he has enough time to recoup and come back uh, as strong as he can, as fast as he can. So it's a bummer, but I think it could have been a lot worse, you know? For sure, and, and that just gives uh, Star Racing uh, a little bit more of an opportunity to add just one more guy under the rig. And I feel like Ferrandis does a hand, and they're like, "Oh, we got an empty stall in the in the uh, in the garage. Uh, how about we just go ahead and sign Levi Kitchens? Like, you know, like uh, it just makes sense." <laughs> yeah, dude, this this squad is just it's getting huge. And to be honest with you. Um, I follow the amateur scene pretty closely. Um, interviewed uh, Levi Kitchen a couple times. Dude, dude's a stud. I'm surprised they didn't grab Kitchen earlier on. I mean, the guy was undefeated at Alabama Lens, and they're just now signing him. It's like, dude, he was beating the star racing guys, and he, you know, and they they weren't touching him. It's like, what what took so long? You know, it's like many shows isn't as prestigious as Alabama Lens is. But uh, but still, they waited until like you know many O's the end of the, the end of the, the the championship run to to sign him. So um, kind of saw it coming a little bit, but it was like man, it should happen sooner. But holy crap, their team photo it looks like a, like a high school graduating class, dude. It's like how many freaking guys can you cram on one team? It, it's it's insane. No, seriously, they got uh, three, four, fifty guys, and uh, in that photo was not even Nick Romano, who I believe is on that team. Also, not in that shot. Exactly. That shot is uh, is LeBlanc. Like they yep. have, yep. they basically have an entire main event uh, under uh, under contract there over at Star Racing, uh, and then add Kitchens in there. Uh, I think the biggest kind of story uh, surrounding Levi. Um and the star team and and just sort of the step into the 250 class the guy that you mentioned might have a little bit of a rocky start um to his career uh Minios did not go extremely well for one uh, um Max Voland who um I think he was top five like top five two months before you turn pro uh at an amateur race is is not where you want to be and that's uh that might be an issue um come gate drop time I, I assume he's probably west coast but at this point it, it's all kind of the same thing now uh and he's going to be expected to to have pro gate drops pretty soon yeah that that whole thing is a oh man uh I, i'll start off by saying this max volan is a is a class act dude's a talented talented rider we've seen him on a super mini straight rhythm just dicing it up uh, he comes from a high pedigree of world-class racers um and I think Minios showed you, like, the, the, I don't think he's quite ready, man. I mean, he's only been on 125 for so long. 
and they just threw him on the factory a factory ride. And we saw at Minio's, dude, like he couldn't even really get a good start. Now, granted, that's not a, the best judge of how a rider's going to do, right? Minio's is an extremely short start, uh, extremely tight track, very one line, very hard to pass. It's not really indicative of how well you're going to do in a full-size supercross track or full-size outdoor. Um, it's, it's only a very, very small sample size. I'll give you that. However, we saw guys like Thrasher, like Kitchen, like Marcelisi, you know, all these guys jump out front and really make a, make a statement uh, that week. And we have Mike Fallen, arguably on a faster bike, uh, with better support, better resources around him, and not making it happen. Like, come on, dude, you can't get, you can't get a podium. You can't out, outstart these guys. Like, what, you know, what, what's going on? And I think you saw the, the guys who have a little bit more tenure in the 250 class, they – they kind of had his number all week. You know what I mean? He was getting passed by some guys where it's like, oh, I know that guy. Gets, the, the guy's a fast guy, but he's not a household name. He's not a Max Bowl. He's not a Nate Thrasher. He's not a Levi Kitchen. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I think they really, they jumped the gun, man. I said it before. They jumped the gun with getting that guy moved up. I think they really should have given him at least just one more year in amateurs just so he can kind of get his feet wet, get used to the 250, get used to you know, riding a big bike. The dude's still going through a growth spurt, you know, finally stopped growing um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and figure things out. I think uh, it was definitely a little too soon. Definitely a little too soon. Yeah. I, I, hey, we might eat our words in uh, in eight weeks time uh, or by the end of supercross the kid is absolutely killing it um, but at this point um, I think the the jury's uh, jury's out uh, on max making the tri the transition I, I have my doubts uh, obviously he's got great backing with KTM uh, but yeah like you said maybe a little premature and uh, not exactly something he's ready for at this point but um, sticking with the, the KTM, uh, like kind of the KTM theme there, or just to segue through, let's stay on, uh, on Austrian built motorcycles. And we've got a little bit of a family feud, or at least, uh, uh, d two different families that, um, we, I don't know if they ever got, got to, got together back in 1997, but they certainly got back together, got together in 2020 with uh, Danger Boy, Hayden Deegan, and uh, the Little Red Dog uh, clearly doing battle the entire week at, um, at, at Minio's. Uh, there was things being said, takeout moves, uh, and then a, a video that came out today of uh, basically Danger Boy uh, naming names, just calls out uh, um, Ferry for, for cutting over on him, even though the video did not show the same evidence. Um, but uh, what do you think of this this rivalry? That's that like they're they're in the schoolboy class right now. They're they're a couple of years apart, but uh, I think it's uh, it's pretty fun to follow. Oh no, it, it, it's it's awesome. I, I think it's it's totally rad. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Um, probably two youngest dudes running Instagram right now. Um, I thought it was great, man. I I, I was. You know, everyone knows that Danger Boy is a, is a, is a talent, right? He uh, he took it. I think he won every moto in in uh, the '85 first for Loretta's. Um, he's a shoe in to win Super Mini if he stays down in Super Minis this year. Um, dude was an absolute stud, super fast. We know all about him. Ferry, same deal. He's had a little bit more time to get ready on the on the bigger bike, and he's been putting out the NC bangers for a little while. So. I think it was everyone wanted to see this battle, right? Especially at 125s, these guys are young, they're hungry. Um, I do think Danger Boy is maybe just a little bit 
under the underwear fairy is in terms of speed. He hasn't had as much time as fairy, remember, to get used to that 125. He's been on, you know, the small wheel bike, smaller chassis. And I think it's going to be a matter of time before he starts to really get comfortable, really start showing something and be able to battle with fairy. But as of right now, I think fairy is the, it's, it's faster. Obviously. I think, uh, He's got a little bit more in terms of um, that that really really refined racecraft and knows how to ride the bike very well. So um, I I do see a little bit of a little bit of turmoil kicking up between these two down the road. A little bit of like you know he he got over on me or he did this he did that. I think it's gonna be cool, but uh, I think now is the time when you start to see guys really really get tested. Their metal gets tested. It, it's not granted you and I have never done this, but it, I would say it's not as hard to be undefeated when you're on mini bikes, right? If you have a, um, a good enough program, like you saw like the, the ACs or the LSEs or stuff like that, you can really kick ass on a, on a, on a mini bike. When you start to move up to the full size chassis, the guys who were third, fourth, fifth, they almost kind of levels the playing field. I want to say a little bit. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule, but that's when you see people like, like Kunar was one guy who was okay pretty decent on 85 but once you went to big bikes boom lights out same thing uh with like a bogle same thing with uh you know you, you name it a lot of these guys that we see that you know as as champions they were the third fourth fifth and super mini or they were the you know the 18th 15th and 12th in 65 so uh i think we're going to start seeing a lot more guys come up and starting to challenge riders like you know, Danger Boy or uh, maybe even Evan Ferry. Now, there's a lot of fast guys on 125s or even 250s that are um, that are hungry for that spot, and I think we're going to see a lot more challenge for those guys now. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, a, a just more uh, parity in that class, and, and, and like you said, that, like you have, uh, especially the super young ages, um, you get basically like the elder statesman in these particular classes. Like you get a kid that can stay on super minis a little bit longer than other kids, and, and he's able to dominate because kids the same age has moved up, or. Um, vice versa you get a kid that just grows early uh in that same age group they're just dominant because they're taller they're stronger this that and the other thing uh but when he, everyone gets to the pros uh we see it in the 450 class like there's big dogs and then you get to play with all the big dogs that have been there for the last 10 years or so uh and that's when you really separate the men from the boys and uh like at this point i think obviously because of the uh the backing uh, Danger Boy has all the hype in the world around him. Uh, like the the kid takes a decent shit, and the whole family uh, just like goes completely nuts. Um, and 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 justifiably so. Like honestly, like if if I had the means to do so, and I could celebrate literally everything my kid did, I would probably do it. Um, of course, the the Deacons have their own way of going about it, and that's what makes them awesome to watch, and they are fantastic, and I love that family. Um, but uh, I think this is a really cool rivalry going forward, and uh, a lot of cool things to come. Oh, most definitely. I, I think uh, even if you watch like the the Deacon vlogs, um, Brian Deacon, he, he gets he almost gets jazzed up when he's like, "Oh man, this guy was all over Hayden. He was." You know, pushing him wide. This is kind of cool. This is the kind of racing that we like. like yeah, he we likes it. Like to just go up there. He does. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's that says a lot about the character that that they're that, that they have in their household, right? Because you you know all too well. There's some mini dads that just like the minute anyone gets near their kid, they're already running to the AMA official or something like that. Like, hey, he's he's cheating, or hey, this is a dirty move, and we all 
clearly see it's not. You know, that's obviously a gross example, but um, I think it's really cool that 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 Brian Deegan is like, you know, I want my kids to be challenged. I, I think that's awesome. I love to see, um, you know, a battle. This is good. This is about as much as anyone. I don't want to see dirty riding, but I want to see these guys challenged because it makes them better. And ra- that's what racing's all about. I think that's so freaking cool, man. Because all too often we see guys who have the complete opposite mentality, and they end up raising these spoiled, just ugh, kids. You know what I mean? That, that can't handle any adversity or that, you know, thinks that every race should be handed to, to them and stuff like that. So I think it's cool. I think this is going to be great for the sport. And I think you're looking at some pretty good battles that's going to come up in like, you know, Supercross 2026 to 2027 or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome. Man, we're getting old. These kids are, are like, they're born know, in like, dude. they're born in like, oh, four. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. not even oh, they're born yeah. in like these kids like like, like danger boy is literally born in like like 08 or 09 how old is he dude it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and like you like, can't I'm be more than like 13 my little brother's eight yeah yeah tomorrow's my little brother's birthday and he, he's gonna be he's gonna be 15 and i was thinking to myself i'm like dude like he's the age i was when he was born like holy crap i'm freaking old now dude yeah. like I remember buying him his first PW and stuff, and now it's like we're old, we're old school guys now, Brad. It's like yeah, vet vet class, like legit vet class guys <laughs> vet class. entering in vet oh, class man. races and, and 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 being happy that we don't have to race against the kids anymore. Um, <laughs> speaking of racing against the kids, um, and this is going completely off the map here as far as moto goes, but. Um, like scrolling through Instagram, social media, this, that, and the other thing, I see all kinds of like um, the 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 gameplay from today's motocross video games, where whether it's the MXGP game, uh, MX versus ATV, or something or other, or like the Supercross game. Uh, to me, I, I don't like any of it. It all looks like over animated. Uh, the bikes look. Like, it doesn't look good to me. I don't know why. Like, like technology's obviously gotten better, but um, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm thinking of the the games that I played played when I was a kid and how great those were. Um, like, are are motocross video games any good now? Like, are are they still fun to play for kids, or are they just playing reflex instead? Dude, I don't know. In my opinion, they're going downhill every single year. Like, yeah, it's cool that. I had this cool track editor or, Hey, the bike looks, you know, like my 450 sit outside or, Hey, I get to race with Ken Roxton and the gear that he wore like two weeks ago or, you know, stuff like that is super cool. But when you're actually getting down to the, to the gameplay and you're like riding on the track, it feels so much different than, than riding. I think what we're getting away from is like when you have like MX and leash, I mean, it was one joystick and dude, I know we can make a bunch of old dudes right now talking about how great it was back in our yeah. day, but it was one joystick, clutch, gas, brake, and you could, you know, you could, quote unquote, like stay low over jumps. And you could tire tap this, and it wasn't like you. It felt like your own riding. It felt like you could make your own lines. You could do this cool thing and put the bike where you wanted to. Now it's like, even watching the guys who are really good at the game, it's like really you don't even look like you're. It looks so much different than actual real riding. It looks so like weird. You can't rail corners. Um, the jumping just seems so just, it's different to me. Yeah. It's, it's, the it's the whips in MX simulator. Like when I see like clips of MX simulator and the guy's like, Oh, check out this awesome whip. And it's literally just a guy going like completely upside down and backwards floating through the air and then somehow pulls it back. Uh, like, 
it's gotten too ridiculous. I uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's not uh, even fun anymore. It's, we're, it's too, we are so old talking about it, though. Um, <laughs> maybe we need yeah. to, to play some of these these new games and see for ourselves. I think you you had played the Supercross game, like not last year, maybe the year before or something. Yeah, I get. I usually get a couple of demos um, okay. that I do giveaways with, and I, I think I played the most recent, even maybe a month ago at my buddy's house. And man, it's just it's not, it's not fun. I had more fun doing a track editor than I did actually like riding the tracks, which should not be the case, man. But I had I had more fun when I plug in the MX Unleashed or MX uh, versus ATV for the original Xbox, mm-hmm. and the, to, to me the tracks are more fun. The ride is more fun. The bikes go faster and. It's it's just better. It's all around better. I know it's again like like I'm ancient, but it's much better gameplay. Fair enough. Well, I I think that's the case. Um, Last thing on the docket for us. Here we are at five thirty. I got going right away here though. Um, Pit bikes. Somehow, like all kinds of crazy shit happened in twenty twenty. Pit bikes made a resurgence. Um, Be it uh, like at uh, BMX parks in California or now uh, the, the most recent rendition of Moto Fight Club, uh, all all pit bikes and, and mostly uh, YZs as well. And then you, two weeks ago, were at uh, a Travis Pastrana Nitro Circus style event with nothing but uh, pit bikes as well. Has, has pit bikes made a full comeback? And this second time around, because of course mid-2000s, everyone had like a $10,000 uh, pit bike on their hands uh, that looked identical to the one they raced. Um, this time around, is pit bikes going to be done a little bit more conservatively, and maybe, and for that reason, maybe stick? Yes, to all of that. So I, I attribute the the resurgence of pit bikes to the fact that you know when we went into lockdown, a lot of people they really couldn't do much. Like everyone has a a little piece of dirt, you know, piece of junk pit bike in their garage somewhere from like you know when it. We found one off of our buddy or whatever, and you know we, we really couldn't ride anywhere. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people said like, you know, tracks are, tracks are open, but even tracks were closed for a long time. So all people really had is like, well, I can't ride my big bike anywhere. I'll take the pit bike around the woods or or whatever to my buddy's house, and you know that became fun again. And not only just pit bike riding, but everybody on their stock bikes and everyone's on a level playing field. That just makes it that much more fun. Like, yeah, we're all going 12 miles an hour, but at least we're on the same bike, the same level playing field, having a blast. And a lot of people who might not have known about motocross, at least to the, to, to the professional or serious racer extent, they went and they're like, you know what? We can't do what we can't go to the movies. We can't go bowling. We can't do anything, but we can be outside. We can buy these cheap little $2,000 dirt bikes and go to a local field and rip it up. And boom, that there are so many people that, that got into the sport just this year doing that one thing. So I, I think if there's an absolute boom right now, I don't know if you've tried Brad, but I can't find a pit bike anywhere for under two grand, no matter what year it is. No, yeah. 2002 KLXs that are blown up for almost close to three grand. So it's like, holy crap. But um, yeah, I think the fact that we're starting to see Pastrana have these a bunch of series out um, doing these pit bike races and like Moto Fight Club and all these guys are doing like, hey, Bring your stock bike. We're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Set, set set the track up. Not only is it a super fun, but dude, it's super cheap. You don't need a mod bike. You're not gonna get that hurt because you're not going 50 or tapping a 450. Um, and it's 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 fun. You're getting outside and you're doing something. You know, it's it's uh, 
almost like a win across the board, man. You know, it's like when I load up to go bring my 450 someplace, it's like, dude, I got to buy gas for the bike. I got to load this big heavy bike up. I got to drive an hour and a half to this track. I got to log in laps. I got to blah, 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 blah. This pit bikes, dude, I'm just going up there having fun, wearing sneakers and a jersey and ripping up with my buddies and we're having a blast. So, yeah, I, I think it's back. And I think we're going to see more and more events like Pastrana's house. Um, and guys, please be sure to check out our YouTube channel because Brad, we're dropping some crazy behind the scenes from that event uh, on on Monday. Man, I'm really excited to showcase all the cool stuff that we that we got. We've got Pastrana, Bearman, we've got uh, Jarek McNeil, all those guys inside of the uh, in the in the behind the scenes stuff. So it's going to be really really exciting. So if anyone has a pit bike, highly recommend you get it working condition and go rip it up, man, because it's it's uh, it's super fun. That's really interesting, Dave. I've actually heard, I've never heard of any of those guys before, but so I will go check it out. Um, <laughs> for those who aren't already following along with your vlog, it's pretty much the coolest thing on the internet right now. Uh, where they, where can they go watch if they're not already uh, having it uh, subscribed with that notification bell already uh, set up? Oh yeah, for sure. Just check us out. The collective experience on YouTube. Um, you'll see the big, big uh, flowery, uh, really emblematic logo, and you'll see a bunch of videos from like our, our vlog series with Supercross, our Foul Plugs Moto Show. Uh, you'll see Brad's face pop up in a bunch of the vlogs too, so you can't miss it. Um, yeah, and, uh, be sure to give us a you know leave us a comment, like, share, subscribe, and uh, we want to blow this thing out and and be able to share more behind the scenes content with people that you really you know you can't really get anywhere else. Right on, man. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, laying it all down, and uh, informing the uh, the Big Mix Radio faithful. Um, this has been a, a fun uh, conversation. Always is. Uh, let's do this again. Um, ah, probably in about a week's time, maybe two weeks' time, as uh, we get closer to uh, Christmas. And uh, what what comes after Christmas always is Supercross. Oh, most definitely, man. You know, I'll, I'll be itching. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right on brother you have a great rest of your day do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're going to cut it off right there